going to start a new series called Learning from the Old Testament Leaders. Can you say that with me? Learning from the Old Testament Leaders. So we are going to learn from the Old Testament Leaders. So this is a sermon series. I expect this to run for seven more weeks, January and February. And there are a lot of things we are going to learn during this sermon series. So this morning, today, we are going to just open up this series with an introduction to this topic known as learning from the Old Testament leaders. Can you say that with me? Learning from the Old Testament leaders. You know, when we think about when we're teaching leadership on a Sunday morning, you know, many people may think that why we need to teach leadership on a Sunday morning service. Not all of them are leaders who are coming on Sunday morning service. There may be people who never heard about Jesus, maybe first time coming into the, sitting in the service. Or maybe children may be sitting there. And some of them you know, would have come with, a, you know, with, with, with an expectation of a spiritual enlightenment and spiritual thrill to be received during the Sunday morning service. And you want to preach about leadership on a Sunday morning service. But I thought about this. And you know what? What really drives me to this sermon series and to start on a Sunday morning is this. I was thinking about what Jesus was doing three and a half years. What do you think? What, what do you think Jesus did during all the three and a half years? I believe he developed, he was trying to develop leadership. Think about it. All that Jesus did during the three and a half years was to educate, to teach, and to impart those skills of leadership into those 11, 12. That's what exactly Jesus did. And I strongly believe that's what the church is in need today, that we need good leaders. So this morning, and I'm really glad that we are able to start this day, start this you know, uh, year with this, introducing this sermon series on leaders learning from the Old Testament leaders. There are many books in this world on the topic leadership. There are many books. You would have read in a couple of those books. But only one book that starts with the right foundation on leadership. That's the world's best-selling book. Any idea what is that world's best-selling book? Do you have your Bible with you this morning? Can you see your Bible if you have your Bible? Thank God. You have your mobiles at least? Mobile Bible? Yes. Thank God for that. Right? So the number one bestseller is the Bible. And that best-selling book, fortunately, is the best leadership manual. And this morning we are glad that we are able to base our teaching on that best-selling book on leadership. So as I said, next seven weeks we are going to dig into the Word of God to learn from the lives of men and women who are called to lead in the Old Testament days. So we are going to talk about the lives of great Old Testament leaders. You know, we can just go on and on and name them. Abraham, Isaac, Noah, Moses, Jonah, Joshua, jo Joseph, David, Gideon, Nehemiah. And you can just go on and on. There are a couple of good, great leaders we see in the Old Testament. So we are going to talk about them. No, there's a great scarcity of leadership in the Christian world. This is a great scarcity. Leaders are good. Leaders are not available 
in the Christian world today. Now, as we speak on leadership, and I strongly believe, who knows, God may raise some of the leaders from this congregation in the coming days. You know, at times, many of us don't see ourselves as leaders. Can you see a leader sitting here in this congregation? Can you see your hand? Any leader here? No leader here. That's true. Most of the time, we don't see ourselves as leading. Do you know leaders are not born? Have you seen any leader born as a leader? Right? Now, when Austin was born, did you see a label there? Leader? Of course, he's going to come up as a leader. No doubt about it. But then do you see a label there? He's a born leader? No. Nobody is born as a leader, but leaders are raised. Leaders are made. Leaders are made. But you know what? Leadership can be nurtured. Leadership can be cultivated. Leadership can be taught. But it is up to an individual to stand as a leader. Did you listen to what I said? It is easy to cultivate. It, I mean, that's the only thing we can do. We can cultivate, we can nurture, we can teach about it, we can preach about it. But it is up to an individual to stand as a leader. And who is the leader? Leader is the one who knows the way. The best leader we could ever see is our Lord Jesus Christ. Because he said, I am the way. I am the way, the best leader. He said, I am the way. So leader is the one who knows the way. And he walks in that way. And he shows someone the way. As said by John C. Maxwell. Leader is the one who knows the way. And he shows the way. And he walks the way. And our best leadership model that we can get from the Word of God is our Lord Jesus Christ. So today we are going to lay some basic foundations for the series on leadership. You know, at times this topic becomes very dry, but I just want you to be awake this morning to follow with me. Number one, we are called to lead. Do you remember the commandment that Jesus gave? We often say that to the disciples. What was the commandment, the final commandment? Go and preach the gospel into all the world and make them disciples. I mean, if you think about that commandment, it was not really given to those disciples. It was not really given to the small group of disciples. No. It is a commandment which is given to all of us today. It is a commandment given to all the age believers. We are called to make disciples. Can you say that with me? We are called to make disciples. We are called. We are called. You know, when you, today when you think about church, church is never really meant to sit at the pew or at the chair and watch. And at times church becomes that. People come to church and sit in the pew and enjoy the service and then they go back. Church is not really meant to sit passively and watch others leading. And at times we are very comfortable sitting there and, you know, Jofin leading and Tijo leading and Blessing leading and Dan leading and, you know, somebody leading is in, in us in worship. We are very comfortable with that. We come here and we stand and we enjoy the service 
and then we go back. But when we think about really, that's not what we are called to do. We are called to rebuild the broken lives around us today. You know, that was the call of God upon the lives of disciples, and that's the call of God upon our lives. We are called to bring healing to this land. We are called to bring healing to the brokenhearted. You know, the reason why Jesus Christ came to this world, you know, one of the scriptures, Bible says, the prophet Isaiah says, he came to heal the brokenhearted. Now, we are all called for various reasons. And you know, this is the call of God that really helps us to see beyond the walls of the church. You know, all that we see today in the church is the four walls. But when we understand the call of God in our lives, that really helps us to see beyond the four walls. You know, this morning, I just want you, I don't want you to ignore this, thinking that it is, he's talking to someone else. No, I'm just talking to you. Each one of you. The call of God is on our lives every one of our lives. It is up to us to grab it or to leave it. The challenge that is in front of us is to take our eyes and set our eyes beyond the four walls of the church to see the heart of a city. To see the heart of the city. Not really to see inside, but to see outside. In the book, you know, when John C. Maxwell said, I'm going to refer him often in this series. John C. Maxwell, when he wrote the book by name, Developing the Leaders Within You, Developing the Leader Within You, this is what he says, listen to this. Leadership is influence. Nothing more, nothing less. Can you say that with me? Leadership is influence. Nothing more, nothing less. You know, if that's, this statement is true, then I believe we are all called as leaders. You know, we have a little measure of influence, may it be at our house, may it be in our workplace, or may it be when we deal with our friends. We have a factor of influence, all of us, in our lives. Have any time anyone influenced you? Can I see your hands? Yes? Yes? There are people who influence us everywhere. I'm getting influenced by every one of you every day as I see you, in a good way or in a bad way. Right? That's true. People influence us in a good way or in a bad way. It's possible. But every one of us are influencing others without knowing or knowingly. That's what John Maxwell C. says. He says, leadership is nothing but influence, influencing others. You know, sometimes we think that pastoral call is a higher call than the call of God in our lives to work in our workplace, to be in the classroom, to be with our friends, maybe to be in the, in the factory floor, or to be in the nursing home. We are all called by God to do something. At times, you know, we consider something else other than, you know, much higher than our call. But all of us are called. All of us are called in, the God, in God's kingdom. You know, God has called us and put us into a place where we can influence others. Can you say influence others? Influence others. We are all called by God and we are all put in different places. You are all not there at the church for, you know, all the seven days. No, you are not there. You are there in your workplaces. 
You are there in your schools. You are in, you know, you are most of the time you are spending your time with your family. But you are all called to influence. But in this journey, none of us are perfect. Do you think perfection is needed for in leadership? Do you think perfection is needed for leadership? No. If that is the case, perfection is needed for leadership, then probably Jesus should come and stand here and preach. I can't preach. None of us can lead if perfection is really required for leadership. But fortunately, perfection is not really required for leadership. That's the reason I'm able to lead, and that's the reason you are able to lead. But what is needed is growth. Can you say growth? Growth is important. Willingness to learn is important. Willingness to grow is important for leadership. You know, none of us can become a leader saying that I'm just closing my doors for learning. I don't want to learn anything more. We cannot really become a leader. We cannot really become a leader. We need to keep our eyes open, our ears open to learn. And as usually I ask this question, how long you want to learn? Till tomorrow? Till we die, because you know the answer already, right? That's the reason you're able to answer. So <laughs> that's the easy answer I expect. We need to learn till we die. Have you seen someone at the deathbed with a book, reading a book? Because he has only given a few minutes more. Before that, he has to finish a couple of pages before he dies. That's what is leadership. We need to learn till we die. So perfection is important, but willingness to grow, willingness to learn, willingness to, you know, listen and receive is what is important. We are talking about, we are just putting in some basic grounds, setting some grounds for the leadership series. We are all called to lead. All that we need is to influence. As a parents, we are called to influence our children. You have a great leadership role at home to influence your children. Do we influence our children? Yes? No? Yes? Yes! Don't worry about it in the good way or bad way. But you influence our children. Because they are very good learners, not like us. Our children are very good learners. They learn very quickly than we learn. They grasp things very quickly than we do. They are very good learners. So we influence. So our leadership role starts at home inside the four walls where we dwell. In our dwelling place, our leadership role starts. So we are all called to lead, there is no doubt about it. Now let me see your hands. How many of us are called to lead? Still only very few. Probably I'll go back and repeat my sermon again. All of us are called to lead. Okay, there are a couple of principles that we need to apply as we study, as we move further. I want to apply one principle, just want to talk about this morning. That principle is called, it's very interesting. Here a little, there a little. Can you say that with me? Here a little, there a little. Have you heard of this principle? Say that again. Here a little, there a little. Okay, it's a very interesting principle. You know, Bible, if you open the Bible, Bible doesn't say that Abraham was such a great leader because... This was his leadership style. Bible doesn't say that. Bible doesn't say Moses was a great leader because in his leadership, he achieved so many things. Books may say, but Bible doesn't say that. 
Bible really doesn't say Joshua was considered as a great leader because he was a man of courage. But what, how do we know? Here a little, there a little. Say that again, here a little, there a little. But as a student of the word of God, are you a student of the word of God? All of you? Yes? No doubt about it, right? We are all students of the word of God. We are all learners of the word of God. Yes? So as a student of the word of God, we need to be careful to observe the leadership qualities in the word of God. And we need to apply this principle, scriptural principle. And why do we see that? Just want to read from Isaiah chapter 28, verse 10. This is a scripture. For precept, precept is a principle. For precept must be upon precept. Line upon line. Line upon line. Here a little, there a little. I don't know whether you ever read the scripture. Very interesting scripture. Isaiah 28.10. Precept, a principle must be upon another principle. A line must be upon another line. Here a little, there a little. Another version, I'll read it from NLT. Isaiah 28, from NLT it says, He tells us everything over and over. When God speaks to us, He speaks to us over and over as we read the scriptures. One line at a time. One line at a time. A little here and a little there. As a student of the word of God, you need to collect everything together. There is another scripture that says, none of the scripture is just single. It has its mate. Do you remember that scripture? If you read one scripture, there is a pair for the another scripture. You need to search and find that mate of that scripture. You know, it's all linked together. So we need to read here a little and there a little and try to put that together to find out the leadership qualities of the great leaders of the Old Testament. And that's what we'll be doing. Number three, when you think about the Old Testament leaders, these men and women are commanded by God for their leadership qualities. Listen to this. These men and women are commanded by God and even commanded by others for their leadership qualities. Just want to give a couple of examples this morning. When the Bible tells us these men and women of God, they obeyed God. Can you say that they obey God? These men and women of God, they obeyed God when God commanded and they were also fearing God and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And I just want to give one example from Genesis chapter 41 verse 38. Genesis 41 verse 38, Bible says, And Pharaoh said to his servants, Concerning whom? Concerning Joseph. Who is telling this? Pharaoh. Can you say Pharaoh? Pharaoh is telling concerning Joseph. And what is he selling? Can we find such a one as this? A man in whom is the Spirit of God. You know what a testimony it is. Pharaoh is telling about Joseph. As Joseph, you know, God could use Joseph in a mighty way. Now Pharaoh realized that Joseph has the Spirit of God in him. A leader is led by the Spirit of God. Now someone is testifying here. Someone is commanding a great leadership quality in the life of Joseph. And what was the leadership quality? He was filled with Spirit of God. You remember in the New Testament, in the times of the Acts of the Apostles, 
Do you remember? The apostles had to appoint certain leaders in the church. And what was the one of the qualifications? They must be filled with the Holy Spirit. They must be led by the Holy Spirit. They must be spirit-filled people. So today it is important that leadership has to be filled with the Holy Ghost, filled with the Holy Spirit. So now Pharaoh is, you know, testifying about Joseph. Can you find a leader such as Joseph who is filled with the Holy Spirit, in whom the Spirit of God was? We are talking about leaders, great leaders of the Old Testament who are commanded by men and by God. Let's turn to Job chapter 1, verse 1. Job chapter 1, verse 1. Bible says, there was a man in the land of us whose name was Job. And that man was blameless and upright and one who feared God and shunned evil. What was the command that God is giving there as these words are written down? What was the command about Job? Job was a man who was blameless. Can you say blameless? Blameless. You know, nobody can point fingers to Job and say that he has done such a mistake. He was just blameless. He was upright. He was doing the right things in his life. And also he feared God. Can you say fearing God? He feared God and he shunned evil. You know, he was not putting his hands into evil things. You know, God is commanding about his leadership qualities and he was a great leader too. You know, word of God commands the leadership qualities of the Old Testament leaders. You know, many of them followed the commandment of God. The Ten Commandments of God were so impressed, so embedded in the hearts of the leadership of the Old Testament. I can give you a couple of examples from the Word of God. Let's read from Exodus chapter 20, verse 16. Exodus 20, verse 16 says, for example, you shall not bear false witness. What is that scripture? Is it familiar to you? What is that scripture? One of the Ten Commandments. You shall not bear false witness. Right? So now, we all believe the Ten Commandments. Do you believe the Ten Commandments? I believe. What about you? You believe? Yes? You all believe the Ten Commandments. Otherwise, we'll be murdering each other, right? So we want to believe that, better believe the Ten Commandments. So we believe the Ten Commandments. And one of the commandments says, you shall not bear false witnesses. Right? Now, in a work situation, in the world where we work, our employers will be able to trust in us. All of us work, most of us work. Our employers will be able to trust in us if we don't bear false witness. You know, at times, we bear false witness about ourselves by lying. Do we lie in our workplace? No? You don't lie? Yes? You lie? You lie, right? No? You lie in our place? You, so there are some yes and no. Yes? I know who are all lying in workplace. Because you, sometimes you, you are at the church on Sunday morning. Sorry? So knowing and saying no also may sometimes lie, right? So only we know and God knows. Nobody, know, nobody else can know, find out. So bearing false witness. Small example, simple example. Our employer will be able to trust in us only when he, she knows that we don't lie in our workplace. Right? Truthful, trustworthy. So God is commanding the Old Testament leaders 
they are able to follow the commandment of god they are filled with the holy spirit you know filled with the holy spirit that means all the characteristics of the holy spirit is seen in our lives when we are filled with the holy spirit and we lie i doubt that spirit whether it is a holy spirit or some other spirit lying spirit is not from god do you believe that the lying spirit is not from god yes so we can never lie even for a good reason think about joseph think about daniel faithfulness is important bible says even if it is an extent of shedding our blood we cannot sin do you know whether know that scripture even it goes to an extent of shedding our blood we cannot sin so lying is a sin it's not easy old testament leaders are commanded today we honor them because they are commanded by men and by god leadership i will move on further leadership is also defined by their characteristics true leaders are really defined by their characteristics and how do we build that characteristics in our lives by the help of the holy spirit by the help of our god god only can give us grace to build those good characteristics in our lives god gives us power now god is the most powerful being and god is the best the greatest leader too and he can give us the grace to build those characteristics what are those characteristics let's go to galatians chapter 5 verses 22 and 23 here paul talks about the fruit of the spirit can you read the scripture with me galatians 5:22 and 23 but the fruit of the spirit do you see that there in the screen but the fruit of the spirit all of you is love joy peace long suffering kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self control against such there is no law we talked about we we read about the nine gift of the holy sorry nine fruit of the holy spirit now we are talking about leadership leadership is known by its characteristics so now leadership that moves in love that shows love to people a concern to people they gain trust and respect a leadership we'll just take one by one is always filled with joy people will come to that leadership because they want to be they want to have a time of joy leadership that is filled with peace people will come to that kind of leadership to look for that kind of leaders because they just want to you know relax and they want to just be at ease leadership was having long sufferings means patience will encourage each other leadership who has who is who has gentleness or kindness will display loyalty faithfulness or faith if the leadership is faithful that increase our confidence you know characteristics of the leadership we are talking about this morning leaders are called to build good characters and that can be achieved by the help of the holy spirit by showing meekness and by showing gentleness will help us to see 
others better than ourselves. Do you remember that scripture from Philippians chapter 2? Consider others better than yourselves. Leadership that shows self-control, they will know that you are in control in all the time. We are talking about the leadership qualities and that's applicable to all of us sitting here. We are all called to show, to display these characteristics in our lives. The men of God in the Old Testament days, you know, they were really dynamic leaders. I just want to praise, I just want to you know, bring that, bring that you know, praise uh, you know, uh, attitude within you for the Old Testament leaders. They were very dynamic leaders and God blessed them and used those leaders in a mighty way. But they developed the character, a holy character, a righteous character, a God-given character within them by keeping the commandment of God in their lives. Not just saying that commandment, but they're practicing. They were practicing the commandment of God in their lives. Successful leaders are made when these things are practiced in our lives. And Bible is the first place we need to go where we can find great leaders. I want to talk a few little more things before we close. The final aspect of a leadership is true leaders are truly teachable. Can you say that? True leaders are truly teachable. You know, to be teachable, that means we have a mindset to learn lifelong. True leaders are teachable. I want to read through scriptures, Proverbs 18.2. Proverbs 18.2. A fool has no delight in understanding but in expressing his own heart. What did we read? A fool has no delight in understanding. When you take the word of God, I'm just trying to put it a little practical. When you take the word of God, we read one paragraph, one chapter of the word of God, and when we don't have any understanding about what we read, Bible says you are a, you are a fool. Fool has no delight in understanding. If you don't try to understand what the word of God is trying to tell us, we are fools. But what do we do? But in expressing his own heart. Every time fool wants to say the same thing. Repeat the same thing over and over again. Doesn't want to understand anything. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about someone who is not having that understanding. Not willing for that learning habit. Not teachable. Another scripture says, Proverbs chapter 5, verses 12 to 13. Proverbs says, And I say, and say, and say, how I have hated instruction, and my heart despised correction. I have not obeyed the voice of my teachers, nor inclined my ear to those who instructed me. You may be wondering, first Sunday, first month of this new year, why this tough sermon? Just to make us teachable. Can you say that? Just to make us teachable. We all want to be taught by God. We all want to learn. How I have hated my instruction and my heart despised correction. I have not obeyed the voice of my teachers, nor inclined my ear to those who instructed me. You know, to become a good leader, we must have a teachable spirit. We need to have a teachable spirit. 
you know nobody will be interested in investing their time in somebody who is not willing to learn best example you take your child you try to teach your child and you try to send your child to school but the child is not willing to learn anything the child is not interested in going to school at all what will you do you will decide to send that child to for a construction work maybe because you lose interest of bringing the child because the child is not willing to learn if we are not willing to learn if we don't have a teachable spirit within us we cannot be brought as a great leader great leader need to have a teachable spirit an unteachable spirit will not allow us to listen from god listen to this this is very important we will not listen from god we will go by what is known to us most of the time but we will fail to listen from god we will we will fail to learn from others but god wants us to have a teachable spirit and finally we will narrow it down to the problem where the problem is the problem is we call it as a problem of pride can you say that again with me problem of pride all of us have this problem i have this problem yes preeti is just smiling so she has this problem right all of us have this problem every one of us do you have the problem of pride yes ben yes yes uh, brother chella yes so all of us have the problem of pride so nobody is greater than somebody here all of us have the problem so the problem of pride is the reason why we become unteachable why we are not teachable okay so that's the problem i'll want to read another scripture proverb 26:12 proverb 26:12 do you see a man wise in his own eyes there is more hope for a fool than for him you know we see today people who are very wise in their own eyes at times me at times you we become very very wise in our own eyes and bible says there is no more hope for the fools there is more hope for the fools even i believe you know this verse is very true why it is true just wanted to throw a little light on this scripture before we close it is true basically pride makes one person not willing to listen to instruction not teachable you know this is what the proud man will say proud man or woman this is what he or she will say i don't need the wisdom of god's word because i already have the wisdom with me we believe god's word is the wisdom but when we have the teachable spirit we need the wisdom of god we need the word of god you know sometimes we consider ourselves because we think that at times we know everything at times we say that you know i don't even need the instruction from others i don't even need the encouragement from others because i work beyond all these things i know everything kind of attitude that's what we call it as pride and the proud heart brings the spirit within us that's what is unteachable spirit and god wants us to have a teachable spirit so that we can become a good leader so as we are preparing ourselves you know to go into the series of these sermons in the coming days two things we are going to ask before we close number one ask god for a spirit of submission as we read from first peter can you read the scripture together first peter chapter 5 verse 5 likewise 
You younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility for God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Number one thing we can do as we are all willing to become a leader, great leader, we can have ask for a spirit of submission, a submissive spirit. Number two, this is what we can do. Ask God for a mind to accept discipline and correction. Can you say that with me? Ask God for a mind to accept discipline and correction. We all need to be disciplined. Read from Proverbs chapter 13, verse 18. I'm just reading from NIV. Whoever disregards discipline comes to poverty and shame. But whoever heeds correction is honored. You know, God wants to discipline us. There are areas in our lives that are, we have, you know, we don't have discipline. But God wants to discipline us so that we can become somebody who can be honored. This morning, I don't think you know, this is a sermon in completion by itself. But I believe just this sermon puts a basic ground for us to move further in the coming weeks. So I want to quickly summarize before we pray. We are all called to lead. Can you repeat that with me? We are all called to lead. Number two, we are all called to influence. Can you say that? We are called to influence others. Number three, we are committed to learn from the lives of the Old Testament. Can you say that? We are committed to learn from the lives of the Old Testament. Number four, we are going to use the principle of applying little here a little and there a little. Okay, we are going to apply that principle. And we, we know the men of the Old Testament, these men and women are commanded by others and even commanded by God himself. And now we talked about leaders are defined by their characteristics. We talked about all the different characteristics. And true leaders are truly teachable. Leaders are teachable. Now the underlying cause of unteachable, unteachable spirit is what? Pride. We talked about that a little bit. But finally, we need to ask God for a spirit of submission that accepts discipline and correction. Shall we close our eyes this morning?